Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? That good, huh? It's been, it's been a rough weekend. You guys are a little overwhelmed with all the rain. Is that what's going on? You guys have just been depressed, like going through some floods, having to, having to did you swim here to church today? Uh, that's what it kind of felt like over this, this past couple of days. My wife and I, we just got back from vacation, and it, it seems like since the day that we got back, it's been terrible weather. We were like, what's up with that? Should have just stayed on vacation, but uh, I'm glad to be back with you guys, glad to be hanging out today. Um, how many of you guys are excited for December? Anybody happy that it's December? Like, everybody that's younger is like, yes, gifts from parents still. And then parents are like, we're going broke. It's a, it's a great season. I love the, the Christmas season. Before we kind of get started today, I just want to remind you guys, next weekend is our greatest gift offering that's going towards the, the future of Coastal. And so, uh, like we said over the last couple weeks, just want to remind you guys, be praying. Be praying and asking God what he would have you do how he wants you to play a part of that. Again, we say we don't want you to give anything. We want you to ask God and then be obedient to whatever God says. And we're believing that God's going to do some incredible things the end of this year and in the beginning of the next year when it comes to um, what the future of Coastal is going to look like. And so uh, I'm excited about that. One of the things that I know about the, the month of December is the month of December can get kind of messy, can it? It can get a little confusing. It can get a little crazy. Uh, I, there's always some messy situations that happen in the month of December. And, and I've been a part of some messy situations. In fact, I'll, I'll never forget when Shayla and I were first married, we decided that we were going to remodel a house. And anybody in here ever remodeled a house? Anybody ever mess with plumbing? Plumbing is like the thing that I, I never want to encounter. I hate plumbing. And, but I thought to myself, you know what? I can do some plumbing. I, I can do a lot of things. How hard can it really be? And so I needed to, to change out a toilet. Anybody in here ever change out a toilet? They're, they're like, see, today anybody can do anything. You want to know why? Because we have Google. You just go to Google. You type it in. All of a sudden a YouTube video comes up. Like you don't have to know anything. If you can follow directions or you can follow and mimic what somebody else is doing, you can accomplish anything. Back when I got married, we didn't have YouTube, okay? So we were stuck with like figure it out on our own. And so I remember I took this toilet off and, and I thought to myself like this is going to be interesting. The wax ring had broken. I don't know if you've ever taken your toilet on. There's off. There's like this big wax ring. And so I was, I was taking that off. And when you're doing that, they say you want to stuff like a rag down your, your pipe because otherwise there's like toilet smell coming out, like, and, and like, except for like really, really bad toilet smell, methane gas, you know, the same stuff you light up and explodes. And so, so you want to block that, especially when you're down there, your face is near there. And so like, I, I'm fixing the toilet, I'm fixing some innards, I'm getting some stuff unstuck. I put the toilet on, I, I bolt it all down, I turn the water on, I'm feeling good about myself, I flush it. And it doesn't flush. And all of a sudden, I remember, I forgot the rag down in the toilet. How many of y'all know that's a bad situation right there? And so, like, I'm scooping water out of the bowl because, you know, what? it didn't go anywhere. You know, I've just got a bowl full of water, so I'm scooping that out. Finally get that thing empty, unbolt it, pull it off. And I get down on my knees, like, really close because I flushed it. It kind of pushed it down further. Yeah, like I see some faces right now. And so I had to get down. And I had to reach in to that pipe to pull it out. And I'm down there. And right when I pull it out, somebody else in the house flushes another toilet. 
Let's just say it wasn't Christmas spirit that was coming out. Nastiness is a mess. It's just messy. And uh, sometimes during the holidays, things seem to get messy. And in a time where we want to have all these great memories with family, where we want to have all these great experiences with our kids, where we, we want to create those occasions that, that we'll never forget and, and share in the joy of the season. But sometimes December's can be a little bit more like my toilet experience where somebody flushes and you're not really prepared for that. It just, it just creates a mess. And, and for some of us, you know, there's some messy aspects to December. There's some messy budgets that are going to happen this month, man. We're going to spend money on gifts that we don't necessarily have. We're going to have additional bills. We got travel costs and all of a sudden we've got some, some messy budgets. For some of us, it's going to be a messy waistline because there's all kinds of additional treats around right now. Anybody experience that at their office place? Like there's cake sitting out, there's cookies sitting out. And so you're just thinking, oh, what's one cookie? But 30 cookies later, man, it's going to mess up your waistline. And you haven't even gotten to dinner yet. Then we got messy emotions. Some of us, it's, it's like, man, you know, we're, we're thinking to ourselves, well, I don't have anybody to celebrate with, or we have celebrated with others in the past, and, and now maybe we had a loss of a loved one or a spouse or a friend or a parent, and just little things just set us off. And it, all of a sudden, Christmas can become very, very messy, and all those things play a part in our December experience. And what I want to do over the next couple of weeks is I want to talk about some stories of people just like you and I that in spite of what was happening around them and what was happening in them and what was happening to them, that somehow they found a way to find joy in the midst of their circumstances because instead of focusing on trying to have the perfect Christmas, they focused on worshiping the perfect Savior. And I think that this season, if we can take our focus off of trying to have the most perf perfect and epic Christmas and trying to write this epic story and we'll just put our focus and our attention on the perfect Savior, it will radically transform our lives. And so today we're going to be looking at a, a passage of Scripture out of Luke chapter 2. If you want to turn to your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, that's where we'll be hanging out today. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, you can look in your worship guide. All the, all the scriptures and the notes, there's some fill in the blanks there for you. If you didn't happen to grab a worship guide on your way in, it'll be up on the screen as well. Let me kind of give you some backstory of what's happening right here. Um, what we see happening right here is, is a group of angels shows up to this really special group of people called the shepherds. And the shepherds were uh, out in the field tending some sheep, and during this season, um, a census had been called, and a census back in biblical days was way different than today. Today, if, if there's a census going on, you know what they do? They call you up on the phone, they, and, they're, and they're like, hey, what's up? You know, how old are you? Are you a male or a female? Do you have kids? Like, how what's your income bracket? Like, that's how we take a census today, but back in the day, they didn't take a census like that, and so, therefore, the census was called, and people had to actually travel back to their original hometown. And so it's part of the reason why you see Mary and Joseph traveling back to Bethlehem and why there is no room at the end because Bethlehem is slamming because of all the travel accommodations that are happening. And so there's all of this stuff going on and people are going back to their original place 
And in this story, we're going to find some shepherds in a field taking care of their flocks. And you got to understand the reasons the shepherds were out in the fields is because this was kind of the lower level uh, job of the day. This was not like uh, for the super important, highly educated, uh, very sophisticated individual. These were some rough and tough dudes. These were the dudes that would probably not have any teeth. That they were kind of the day laborer type of guys out there in the fields watching the sheep when all of a sudden God shows up. And so Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, it says this. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. Now, it's important to know, like, the, again, these were the rough and tough dudes. For these guys to be terrified, like, that's a substantial thing. It's substantial when the, the toughest dude in the room gets scared. That's like, you want to take notice at that point. It says, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Now, I've found in life, anytime somebody shows up to a situation and right away tells me to not be afraid, there's probably good reason to be afraid. Anybody else with me on that? Like, like if you're having to convince me that I shouldn't be afraid, I'm probably about to poop my pants, okay? Like, it's a terrifying moment. And, and we think about this moment, and, and we think about the angels appearing, and we always think of, like, the Hallmark card. You know, the, like, the, the, the very flowy angel, very nice and sweet. But I don't think that's how that was. Like, like an angel shows up out of nowhere, just poof, like in front of you, making all kinds of loud noise. Like, it's, like we're going to need a set of depends, okay? It's not going to be a good moment. And so these guys, they're, they're freaking out. And the angels are trying to reassure them and not to be terrified. Now, what I love about this is, is I love the fact that God shows up to shepherds. I, I absolutely love this fact because these aren't the the power players of the day these aren't the political leaders these aren't the most prominent individuals and and you would think that if god is going to show up to announce his coming you would think that he would pick those people you would think that he would pick the people with influence and power and status and all those things but god doesn't show up to the somebodies god shows up to the nobodies of the day God shows up to the people that were the unknowns, that they were average Joes, that were the, the U's and ah's of today and says, hey, I, out of all the people, out of, I'm not just looking for the somebodies, I'm looking for the nobodies and I'm going to call you somebody. And that's good news for us today because it means that no matter where we find ourselves in the status quo pecking order system of life, it doesn't matter where other people put us because when God calls us, he doesn't say, hey, you're a nobody. He says that we're a somebody and that he wants to meet and have a relationship with every single person. And I just love that, that God shows up to the nobodies and calls them somebody. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And December can be a, a, a crazy time because all of our emotions are so heightened in that moment. And Christmas isn't just for special people. It isn't just for rich people. It isn't just for the ones that got it going on or have a perfect life. Christmas is for all people. Not just for the somebodies, but for the everybodies of everyday life that focus their attention, not on having a perfect Christmas, but having their attention 
on a perfect Savior. Continuing on in verse 10, the second half of it, it says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel of the, was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, now this is just my own thing. How many of y'all heard that the angels showed up and they were singing? Like I've heard that all of my life. But the Bible doesn't say that. It actually says that they were, they were saying this. And, and so I don't know if they were saying it or singing it. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. So, friends, here's this incredible announcement. The angels show up. They're proclaiming this good news and this great joy of God. And, and these shepherds, they receive this message of good news. And, and so for you and I, there's a couple of principles I think that we can take out of this story if we really want to have the most amazing Christmas this season, focusing on the Savior, not focusing on having a perfect Christmas. And the first one is this, is number one, if you're taking notes, we have got to receive the good news for our life. We've got to receive the good news in our life. See, Christmas is all about good news and great joy. And it seems like in the busyness of the season, it's so easy for us to miss the good news. Somewhere in the busyness of December, Christmas, the good news of Christmas can get lost in translation. It's kind of like uh, Google Translator. Any of you guys ever mess with Google Translator? Like a couple of you all. Google Translator, I like ha was having fun this week. I was bored one day and so I was messing with things. And so I started grabbing some Christmas songs that are pretty familiar with us all. And if you don't know what Google Translator is, is Google Translator will take a statement and it will translate it in a whole bunch of languages. I did 35 different languages and then translate it back to English. And so I took like, uh, what's the first song that I took? Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. That's a familiar song, right? Well, go put that in Google Translator, 35 translations later, then translate back into English. Space Mountain is said to be Jesus Christ. I mean, Space Mountain is good. But it ain't Jesus. I'm just telling, like, there's some places where it's dark and you kind of drop off. You might say Jesus, but there's not, like, it's definitely not that. How about the next one? Uh, I saw a mommy kissing Santa Claus under the mistletoe last night. Google Translator, 35 translations back into English. Santa saw the light. Mom got kicked out of that picture. Apparently she wasn't a good kisser, okay? Uh, next one. Grandma got run over by a reindeer walking home from our house Christmas Eve. Some of you guys might actually like that. Okay. Um, Christmas at our house. I have no idea where half of that statement went. Uh, and, and then I just did one more just for the fun of it. Jesus is the reason for the season. 35 translations later, Jesus Christ is the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. And it just reminds us that no matter how we celebrate Christmas or how we try to reposition Christmas or, or what we try to call Christmas or market Christmas, at the end of the day, it's all about Christ's birth. It's about the fact that God came. Christ, Christ Mass 
Jesus was sent, is what it actually means. And the influence of Jesus is so enormous. In fact, Jesus' influence is so big that we don't even recognize it. We don't even comprehend or fathom the impact that he's having on our culture today. It's like a fish in water. You don't even realize that the very thing that you're swimming in is is infiltrated with the very thing that you need. And and the impact of Christ is so astronomical. In fact, uh, John Orberg wrote about this impact, and this is what he says. He said, in the ancient world, children were routinely left to die of exposure, particularly if they were of the wrong gender. They were often sold into slavery. Jesus' treatment of and teachings about children led to the forbidding of such practices as well as orphanages and godparents. So Jesus had this profound impact on what children mean to us today. It says universities such as Cambridge, Oxford, and Harvard all began as Jesus-inspired efforts to love God with all of one's mind. Jesus' life as a bush-washing servant would eventually lead to the adoption of humility as a widely admired virtue. Historian John Dixon writes, It is unlikely that any of us would aspire to this virtue were it not for the historical impact of his crucifixion. His compassion of the poor, for the poor and the sick, led to institutions for leopards and the beginning of modern-day hospitals. That's why even today, hospitals have names like Good Samaritan, Good Shepherd, or St. Anthony's. Yale historian Jaroslav Pelikan wrote, Regardless of what anyone may personally think or believe about him, Jesus of Nazareth has been the dominant figure in the history of Western culture for almost 20 centuries. If it were possible, with some sort of super magnet to pull out of history every scrap of metal bearing at least a trace of his name, there would be none left. And we... Because we're so in the midst of it, we don't even realize the advancements in medicine and science, the, the advancements in education and caring for the poor and, and, and doing uh, humanitarian work that was all impacted by the life of Jesus and his coming to earth. And that's why it's all about good news and great joy. It's about the good news and great joy that no matter how badly we failed in life or how down we may be that there's always a second chance through the forgiveness of the cross. It's about the good news and the great joy that no matter about what we're up against in life, there is nothing bigger than our God. It's about the good news and the great joy that no matter how many losses we've faced, we still have overwhelming victory because of the cross. It's about the good news and the great joy that no matter how life and messy life that we're living can be and become, that Jesus died and rose again so that you and I can have a new beginning every single day. And so for the next few weeks, if we'll just give pause and think about the fact that Christmas is all about good news and great joy of our Savior, It is not about having a perfect Christmas, but it's about celebrating the perfect Savior that was willing to come. And once we receive that good news, the second thing we have to do is we have to respond with great joy. We've got to respond with great joy. Now, how many of you guys like waiting in line? Anybody in here like waiting in line? How many of you?
check, baby check, baby one, two, three, four, check, baby check. It's called the rump shaker. Okay, that's probably not. You guys get here, so we set the tone really fast. Like, we'll go, we'll hear about a great restaurant with Shayla and I. We're foodies. We love food. Absolutely love, love, love food. And so we'll hear about a great restaurant. We'll drive. That means it's good food. I like lines. I don't really like waiting in line, especially when it comes to cars. Man, I'm not a good waiter. Like, I, I believe that in a car is a race to wherever you're going. Anybody with me on that? Like, like it's A to B. Who can get there first? I don't even know where you're going, but I need to make sure that you don't pass me. And so, like, Shayla and I have a, have a lot of conversations about this because if I'm in the car and we're driving and people start slowing down, it just frustrates me. And, the, and why do they slow down? There's like a car pulled over on the side of the road. Everybody's got to slow down to look. Yes, it's a car on the side of the road. You can keep driving, I promise. Or an accident. Like, have you never seen an accident before? There'll be one 10 minutes down the road on 95. Just keep driving. Like, you don't need to rubberneck over there. I just, like, punch them in the face. Like, like I get angry, okay? I got issues. I mean, counseling is not working, okay? Um, and so, it, like, those lines frustrate. So, so we made a rule that we let Shayla drive. So when Shayla drives, I don't care if there's a line in, in traffic. I'm not in control then. Anybody feel me on that? So, like, I, I don't like waiting for things. It's hard to wait for things. In fact, I did some research and I was looking for uh, at some of the longest wait lists in the country. In fact, um, to wait for, uh, there's a particular car called an Aston Martin DBS. Um, actually, I think we have a picture of it. This is an Aston Martin DBS. It costs 265 grand. Anybody ever bought a car for 265 grand? I'm just like, I'm just curious. Uh, but if you were to go buy this car today for 265 grand, you would have to wait 28 months to actually get it. Like, I got better things to do with 265 grand of my money than wait 28 months for a car. But that's a long time to wait for a car. Anybody ever heard of Disney's Club 33? It's like, if you're a Disney fanatic, it's like the most exclusive club at Disney. There is a 14-year wait list to get into this club. Nobody even knows where this place is in most of the Disney resorts, but it's there in plain sight. 14 years, 25 grand membership, $10,000 of dues, craziness, 14 years. You want to know what the longest wait list in the entire country is, though? Season tickets to the Green Bay Packers. Season, huh? You want to know how long you'll have to wait for season tickets to the Green Bay Packers? You will have to be immortal. 955 years. Good news is, is that you can go get season tickets for the Dolphins today. Dolphins are just so easy to pick on, aren't they? I mean, it just doesn't take much. Why is this important? Because the Israelites, they've been waiting. They've been on like the eternal wait list. It's been 400 years since God's spoken. It's been 400 years since God showed up. There's been no prophets. There's been no delivering of God's message to the people. And they're on like this never-ending wait list. And all of a sudden, God shows up to the shepherds. And they received this message with great joy. Starting in verse 15, it says, When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in the manger. Now, now right here, there's, there's, there's something to note. It says that they hurried 
to the village. Now, the implication of that is huge because in the, in the Jewish culture, like for a man to hurry, it means that he would be running. That just didn't happen. Men in dresses don't run. That's not a good combination. Women, you know this. You don't run in dresses, do you? No, it's not a good combination. It would be like very, very bad for a man to run in this culture. But it, yet here it says that, that this is so significant because these shepherds, they were willing to do something that was against the cultural norm. They were willing to become undignified. They were willing to make fools of themselves because they had heard this incredible news and they were responding with, with their first action, which is, man, we've got to be all about this. I want to be a part of this. And they ran to see Jesus, the Savior of the world. Now, running for us is a major theme, especially in this month. It seems like we're running around all over the place when it comes to December. We're running a million miles a minute. We're, we're running to, to Christmas parties. We're running to, to get lights put up. We're running to get the direct de decorations put up. We've we're got things that we have got to get done. And instead of having a whole bunch of Christmas joy, it seems like we have a whole bunch of Christmas work, doesn't it? I mean, we got the, the Christmas work of wrapping presents. We got the Christmas work of finding some new Christmas songs because we're tired of these old Christmas songs, and that's a lot of work. We got the work of getting to this place. We got the work of scheduling travel. We've got the work of cooking dinners. We've got the work of being at this party and that party, and we've got all of this work going on. We've got so many tasks that we've got to get checked off of our task list. But it seems like we're experiencing a lot more work than we are joy. And if we can just kind of put all of that aside for a moment. All the tasks at hand and respond like the shepherds did, which is. They totally forgot about work and ran to Jesus. about celebrating this perfect savior rather than trying to create this perfect christmas and if we can change that mentality it will change our whole experience see if we'll start thinking a little bit differently when we when we go home and we're, we're putting up the lights which is a task thing if we'll start to remember the joy of Christmas, we'll remember that the fact that when we have lights up, it's to remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. Or when we're trying to get our Christmas cards out and sent out to all our family and friends and loved ones, we'll remember that the message of Jesus is open to everyone and is free to them when they accept him through faith. Or when you're wrapping gifts, remembering that God gave the greatest gift that he could ever give that doesn't cost us anything and we don't have to go shopping for it, but it can be received freely to us all. And just by tweaking some of those jobs, we can respond with great joy for what God has done in our lives. And then what will happen is just like the shepherds, we'll want to go and share the good news with all people. We want to share the good news with all people. Um, my mom, last December, she, uh, she's, she's 67 years old, uh, last December, and she got addicted to the show The Voice. Anybody in here watch The Voice? 
couple people. Uh, well, the reason my mom watches The Voice is because she fell in love with Adam Levine. I don't know. Like, my mom, 67 Adam Levine. She's like, oh, my gosh, he's so sexy. I'm like, Mom, you're married. Um, you know, uh, like, she, she's like, I just, I love Adam Levine. And so my sister for, for Christmas uh, got her Maroon 5 tickets. And, and so, like, yeah, somebody's like, I like that, you know. And, and so, like, my mom, like, the moment she opened them up, she was, like, texting me pictures of the Maroon 5 tickets. She's like, I'm going to the Maroon 5 concert. And then she showed me a video of her jumping up and down. That's why I'm doing that. And so, uh, and so like, she was just so ecstatic about it. I was like, that's great, Mom. Who cares? You know, like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care about Adam Levine. It doesn't matter to me. Like, it's just not a big deal. And so, like, the concert was a couple weeks away, and my sister got them four tickets. They just happened to be in the back. But my mom was stoked. She's like, I'm going to see Adam Levine. And on the way that they're driving there, she started texting me pictures of, like, the, of the, of the car. Like, I'm driving to the concert. Like, I don't care. Uh, you know, to get to the venue, she's taking selfies of herself at the venue. I'm like, I don't care. It's like my phone is blowing up. You know, the concert's starting. Lights are coming on. She's taking, like, anything. She just got a selfie phone. So she's, like, really into it. And so... She's, like, taking all these pictures. She brought, like, a girlfriend with her who's, like, 80. And so they're, like, yeah, like, this is awesome, you know. Um, and, and, and so they're sitting in the back, and, and she's sending me video. Like I, can't, like, I feel like somebody died, and, like, they're just trying to get a hold of me. They never will be because my mom is texting me about Adam Levine. And, uh, and eventually, like, like, all of a sudden, like, my phone is, is, is going pretty consistently, but all of a sudden it starts blowing up. Well, what happened is, is at the back of the floor seats, there was another little stage that Adam Levine actually went to. And so their seats went from back row seats to front row seats. And so like, ah, Adam Levine, Adam Levine, like, like 4,000 pictures, like just on top of one. Like my cell phone bill was $3,000 that month from text messages. Like she, she, she broke the limit. Uh, and... And she just couldn't shut up about it. In fact, a couple weeks later, I was up there just visiting. And as soon as I got in the car, she's like, did you hear the new Maroon 5? And she's like dancing like a 12-year-old. You know, like, like uh, this is what I expect with parents with kids. This is how I expect their car rides to be. Not my 67-year-old mom with her 37-year-old son. Like, that is just isn't cool. But that, like, that's all I could hear. That's all she wanted to talk about. I'm like, it's nice to see you too. You know, but it's like, oh, Adam, Adam this and Adam that. Oh, and this tattoo and the blah, 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 blah. And it was just a little much. Um, but we think about that when it comes to Christmas. And this is a time when God came into our world. And he is so much closer to us than, than my mom was with Adam Levine. And, and then we need to remember that well, that was just a concert. He's moving and he's present every single day. And when the shepherds, when they see Jesus, they experience Jesus. Man, they're inspired and they're changed. And the shepherds, man, they just can't shut up about this experience. They're like my mom at this concert. They're like, they just want to tell everyone. Verse 17, it says, After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone, what had happened and what the angel said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying God and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. See, the shepherds, they're singing this new song. They're loud. 
and they're proud and they're inspired and they can't keep it to themselves. And friends, I, I, I know this. When we have an encounter with Jesus, when we truly experience Jesus, man, we can't shut up about it. Because it's life-altering, it's life-changing. It just changes everything. And if we truly want to have a perfect Christmas, it starts with having our attention and our focus on the perfect Savior and remembering the good news of what He has done and the great joy that He brings to our lives. You know, I'm out in the community a lot and I get a lot of opportunities to talk with different people and, and, and share. I'm, I'm always inviting people to church. It's one of the things I do. It's, it's one of the reasons why we hand you these these like little invite cards all the time. Part of the reason why they're small and compact like this is because you can carry them in your pocket. You can be like, hey, you should come check out my church. You know, and it's kind of like little ninja stars you can just throw at people. And uh, man, I, I'm inviting people all the time. I was, I was at my CrossFit box this week and we had finished up a workout and I'm sitting down and this girl was getting ready to do the Spartan race this weekend. And I was like, oh man, I'm doing Spartan race too. And She's like, what day are you doing it? I was like, oh, I'm doing it on Saturday. She's like, oh, I'm doing it on Sunday. You should come do it on Sunday. And I was like, I can't. I go to this awesome church on Sunday. Like, you should come check it out sometime. And I handed her an invite card. And she's like, man, I'd love to come check it out. Now, that doesn't happen all the time. Like, there's a lot of times I invite people and, like, they don't ever show up. But I, I guarantee that girl will show up. And it's, it's kind of funny when they do show up because they're like, hey, you're the guy on the stage. I didn't know it. Like, because I don't give all that info in the conversation. That makes it kind of creepy. Uh, but you never know what a, a simple little invite can do. Or you walking around expressing this great joy about the good news that you've received will do. In fact, there's, there's a story. I, I should have asked this girl if I could tell the story, but I'm going to tell it anyways. Uh, she, she actually texted Shayla late one night, like 400 texts in a row. It wasn't maybe 400. It was probably like seven or eight, like blowing up her phone. It's, that's pastor talk. Sorry. Um, and so I'm like, Shayla, I went wake, woke Shayla up. I'm like, Shayla, your phone is blowing up. Like somebody must be in desperate need. And, and uh, she, she calls up this girl and this, this girl's like freaking out. She's like, I need to talk at our all leaders meeting tomorrow night. And Shayla's like, well, why don't we have a conversation before you decide to do that? And, uh, and so we, uh, she calls her the next day and they, they have this conversation and this girl starts telling this story about how God has been radically changing her life. And she got into a conversation with her, her father who was agnostic. And, uh, as she started having conversation, they start, she started sharing scripture with this guy. She started sharing about what God was doing in her life. And throughout the conversation, she was starting to get a little discouraged. And, and all of a sudden, her mom walked by and, and said, oh, you don't want to mess with her because she's going to show you what's up to her dad. And, and all of a sudden, she got a little bit more courage. And she continued on. And, and we're like, oh, that's really cool. And then like two days later, she comes back and she goes, oh, I forgot to tell you the rest of it. I, I ended up leading my dad to Jesus that night. See, we'll never understand 
what a simple, simple invite or us living with this great joy to a lost and dying world all around us, the impact that it will make. And it goes to show what a simple invite or an easy conversation or you just expressing some love and gratitude for what the season is really all about. And it's really all about Jesus. It's not about creating a perfect Christmas. It's about celebrating a perfect Savior. It's about remembering the good news of Jesus. It's about responding with great joy. And it's about sharing with every single person the somebodies, the nobodies, the everybodies. That no matter where you are, no matter how messy your Christmas may be, that there is good news and there is great joy right around the corner in Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you and we thank you for who you are and what you're doing. God, and I know that there's some of us here today that we're going through a season where, man, we're missing some of the great joy or maybe we haven't experienced the good news of what Jesus is all about and what Christmas is all about and the fact that God so loved us that he came. And maybe you came here today and you've been inundated with a lot of rules and a lot of religion and maybe you've never experienced a relationship because what I'm talking about here today, what I'm talking about with God is this God that doesn't want you to follow a whole bunch of rules. He wants to know you personally and intimately. In fact, he knows more about you than you probably even know about yourself. And maybe today is the day that you need to, to bring your life to him and, 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 and accept the good news. Maybe for others of us, it's we've found the good news, but we haven't been responding with joy like we should be. We haven't been celebrating all that Christ is doing and responding in that manner. Or for others of us, it isn't, isn't that we're sharing because we forgot about the experience. We forgot about the fact that Jesus came at our weakest moment, at our most desperate point and said, man, I will rescue you. And he's giving you and I the opportunity to play a part in rescuing others. And so no matter where we're at in here today, God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, and that we would respond to your message and that we would follow you all the days of our lives. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.